You're listening to Fundraising Radio, a podcast about fundraising for early stage startups. The major rule that we follow here is no bullshit on this podcast. No music to relax you, no advertisements of our sponsors. We only talk about fundraising here and nothing else. So let's jump into the episode. And today's a guest speaker, we have Hunter Babcock, managing partner at Atlant Ventures. And in this episode, we'll talk about how Atlant Ventures was created and why is that? It's because it's a fully student-run organization and it works like an actual VC fund, not like a donor fund. So in this episode, we'll talk how they manage to raise money, how they run it, how it's different from other VCs, and who should try to get into such a student-run organizations or try to raise money from them. So Hunter, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Atlant Ventures. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, but to give a little more background, I'm a current junior at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, uh, studying marketing and entrepreneurship. Uh, and kind of how I got into just venture space and entrepreneurship in general is I had a really big fascination for marketing in high school, um, did some of my own marketing agency work, mainly around logo design and some web <laughs> design. Uh, and then kind of coming to college, the opportunity uh, to join Atland arose and and it's it's kind of never looked back from there <laughs> nice nice so yeah tell tell us more about atlan ventures what is it yeah totally so atlan is a million dollar student-run fund um, founded roughly two years ago and essentially we're independent of the university in that all of our we have 17 limited partners who invested in us um and we made we, we invest real money twenty five thousand dollar checks into pre-seed seed stage companies who are solving problems that are felt by our generation. Nice, that's really cool. And congrats on raising 1 million fund. That's really <laughs> impressive you. as students, especially. So tell us a little bit more about the organization itself. So is it fully independent or is it partially sponsored by the university that you're working with? Yeah, so in, in regards to like how we're affiliated with the university, um, all of our students are all the partners within the fund um, are, are attend the university, whether it's in the business school um, or some other aspects. So we have 28 current partners um, and then 15 different majors represented. So really, really diverse group. And uh, kind of how they get involved is each semester, we have applications that go out to become an analyst. Um, and then once you're hired on, you kind of stay with the, with the fund for the rest until you graduate. And then once you graduate, you become a passive shareholder. So all of our advisor, our alumni become advisors and still really play an active role in kind of building the fund strategy and and really overseeing kind of some of our deals and how we're how we're looking into the future. So since you mentioned shareholders of the fund, that's that's something we're going to dive into right now. Yeah. How does it work? How how do you compensate your own employees? So you said that you know we have a pretty big team. How exactly does this shareholding works? Yeah. So we're we're, we're structured like a normal VC, mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a, a split with our limited partners, and then kind of in our side, um, students can receive share allocation by uh, different different metrics. So whether it's attendance to our meetings um, or the performance reviews, or if they're on a, a deal team that, that sources a company that we invest in, or they do really good diligence, or even represent us at a, at a conference or a demo days um, or some type of event. So they kind of, through their entirety, they each semester they'll get a certain amount of shares and then it kind of goes into a pool. And uh, by the end of the time you graduate, you'll have a, a certain percentage of the, of the total fund. And I think oh, one right. of the unique thing too is is we do have like uh, class credit that we re receive. So it's really kind of big on, we, well, we do have a fiduciary responsibility to all of our investors, 
um, all the students really care about the education aspect and, mm -hmm. and really learning about how to, how to critically analyze startups, whether it's they want, want to kind of start their own business in the future or go into investment banking, consulting, or VC after grad. Nice. Just to make sure we're on the same page when you're saying that, you know, they get part of the funds uh, based on their performance, basically, that means that they get part of the like portion, portion. Oh God, I forgot the word portion, portion of the share, uh, oh, share, share of that uh, carried interest, right? Yep. So it's an 85-15 split um, and, and mm -hmm. we, of that 15, that's, uh, that's how we kind of split it up. Nice. That's really cool structure. Never have seen it before, to be honest. So very, very excited to dive even deeper into the structure of the entire fund. So first question is probably one of the most important. Actually, never mind. Before we move on to the most important question, one of the questions that I ask pretty much every single investor that comes on to fundraising radio, what do you invest in? What stage? What field? And what's the average check size? Yeah. So a check size, first check is, is 25K. Um, we're investing mainly at the pre-seed seed stage. So most of the companies we do invest in, uh, they all have a, some type of product prototype and have done a beta. Um, and then beyond that, a lot of them are post-revenue. Um, so have some type of traction and, and really uh, revolving around products that our generation would use. So products that we've, we've tried or use in our, in our everyday um, or something like, and the way we think about it is, is this a product or a trend that we won't live without in the next three to five years. And, and if it's something that we could see our generation kind of holding on to and bringing to their workforce or bringing to the future, it's really a sustainable kind of growth strategy. So that's that's kind of our thesis and how we revolve and kind of source our deals. And in terms of interest, industry interest, we don't really have any, any geographic or industry specific requirements. We're agnostic in both, but a lot of students who come in are interested in marketing tech or education tech, or even HR systems. And then I think that we've seen a resurgence in kind of food and bev and a little bit more in CPG lately. Nice, nice, that's really cool. And I love this approach you know, of investing in Gen Z focused products. I believe Gen Z is the future as part of Gen Z. Of course I'm biased, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people agree with that part of it. Um, but yeah, now let's move on to that important question that I was about to ask you, but never did. So how do you make the investment decisions? You said that, you know, have a pretty big team. You have tons and tons of advisors. How do you make the investment decisions for the fund? For sure. So. Kind of our fund structure from the 30 students that are, are normally involved um, is we we have a few different diligence teams. So we have directors who lead a lot of our diligence team uh, mm -hmm. who are doing research on the companies. And once they source a company, it takes anywhere from three to four weeks uh, for us to get a deal and we can accommodate up to two weeks. So that's what's really cool is it, it, a lot of the students are super passionate and, and it's kind of like while we're doing school during the day, it's it's a lot of us really, really value and all weekends are kind of spent with our Atlin team. So um, we're able to really turn around deals quick and kind of our, more of our process is, is it's a three phase kind of diligence approach. So mm -hmm. once we have a, an introduction call with a founder, we'll jump, one of the diligence teams will take the lead. Uh, this is a, a group of three to four students and, and they'll start looking over kind of a phase one, which is mainly looking at the product, the market management team and some financials, um, really reviewing, is this a good fit for our thesis? Uh, beyond that, we'll go to kind of a phase two, which jumps into more of like primary interviews, uh, looking at exit potential, um, and then reviewing some deal terms. And then final mm -hmm. step is is creating a memo um, that will be presented by the team at our fund meetings. So every Friday we have our kind of whole fund meetings and 
Uh, this is where they present to the team and then we have a really uh, good discussion. Uh, and beyond that, we make a vote and uh, the vote is a super majority 80% to pass an investment. Nice. Uh, and once, once we invest, then we work with the founder and, uh, and, and move forward from there. That is really cool. The more younger investors, the more younger managers of funds I see, the more democratized their funds are. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, I interviewed the founder of uh, Outlier Ventures, and he was he had a similar structure. So I see I see a trend there. Honestly, no, totally, it's been awesome. That's, that's really cool, though. Um, respect that. Um, so let's move on to the next question and talk about you know the founder perspective, since most of our listeners are founders. Let's focus on that for a little bit. Um, what do you think is your major value add for the founders that you invest in? Yeah, so I guess right after right after we send the first check, um, we, we really try to be an active part. And, and it's mainly seen through our, our ability to create a kind of an intern network for the company. So at, at every one of the portfolio companies we've invested in so far, or currently in is, we have one or two students who will go become an intern. Um, and we've actually worked to create a curated network of of students passionate about entrepreneurship that mm -hmm. uh, anywhere from sales and marketing to kind of a data scientist or computer science work to to be placed at any one of our companies. So these people can can do unpaid internships or any type of internship for a semester, summer long, or even go full time and to, to work with the company uh, and really provide the most value there. Uh, beyond that, since since we're structured as a class too, or have some type of education component, we work to do kind of sort of consulting like projects for our startups. So um, sometimes we may have to do like Gen Z persona or like a, a market segmentation for one of our startups, or even maybe they're having um, some, some concerns around their web design or a lot of students, because of that diverse perspective, we can help uh, consult on any one of those. So maybe it's doing like a semester long consulting project just to give them some feedback from our generation and to keep them on, on, on board there. And then I think the last thing uh, is, is when we're in a round, we've seen that some of our founders really think that we can be a strategic value add in terms of giving a stamp of approval from, from Gen Z. So if you look at a company that's a, maybe a social platform and, and we invest in it and say that, yes, Gen Z really supports this and can see the growth, then other founders really see this as a valuable. If, if that generation and the product and the market, it can validate its product market fit right there. Um, and can be helpful to close around. Nice, that's really cool. And being that stamp of approval is always, I bet it feels good. <laughs> so it nice work there, <laughs> nice work there. So uh, another question from the founder perspective, again, you know, founders have do dozens and dozens of options of choosing their fa fa funding round. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing my speech here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have multiple options of fundraising they can raise from that, you know, uh, standard equity, safes, convertible notes, uh, yeah. all kinds of investors, et cetera, et cetera. What kind of founders do you think should go to student-run organizations and not necessarily to your fund? Because I don't think there are any other like independent student fund student funds but uh, to any kind of student organization that can help a startup. So yeah. what kind of startups do you think should do that? Yeah, so I think, I mean, from our regards, we've invested in safe convertible notes and priced rounds um, and comfortable with, with any one of those. Um, and, and what I think is kind of unique about working with a student-run fund or our fund in general is we, we really value giving a perspective, but we're also not, I guess, we're hands-on, but we're also hands-off and and we value your opinion and we trust, we trust a lot of the founders that we're working with. Uh, and, and we kind of, we're, we're always there like to, to respond to an email 
and kind of just kind of be that piggyback or, mm -hmm. or the extra person kind of on their sideline or on their bench to to be deployed and, and do stuff. So we've had founders call us who who need something done quick for the next day because an intern can't make it or something and we'll and we'll jump on and do that. So really that type of a hands-on relationship we really enjoy. Um, and I think along with this is one unique thing about all student-run funds is the access to the university resources and professor networks and just being on campus can provide a lot of value um, in terms of just providing research abilities or or having just conversations and, and kind of that massive kind of body behind can be a really good, I guess, thing to, to be another resource to add into the, the Founders Toolkit. Mm -hmm. Right. Speaking of, you know, uniquenesses of student-run funds, what do you think is the largest, what's the most unique thing about Atlant Venture? Because there, <laughs> there are tons of them. I can see them from here. But from your perspective, what do you think is like the most outstanding thing about Atlant Ventures? Yeah, I think, I think what's really, really, I found fascinating is two things. Internally, I think this is the most passionate group of people I've ever worked with. Um, into, I've been at plenty of internships and other companies I've worked for, and it's just the having all st all students as part of the fund, ma making all of the decisions, being on all of the meetings together, and attending classes at the same time, and hanging out together on the weekends, or and just having that close knit community is something you'll never get, I feel like ever again. So, just how close we are and comfortable we are with each other but also willing and diverse in our perspectives and thoughts. I think we have amazing conversations and these are the people that I want to be connected with for the rest of my life. And I can see mm -hmm. going, being very successful in their, in, in their respective goals and in industries. And it's really just a launch pad for a lot of motivated and passionate people to join the workforce in, in many different regards and make it a real big difference in kind of the entrepreneurship ecosystem and also just like general impact on, on the world. So I think that's really, really cool. And then the other aspect is the fact that we are one of the only student run funds to have that independent fiduciary responsibility really kind of sets us up for like students taking it real seriously and mm -hmm. people work, work super, super hard every single week, day in, day out. And we're, we're, uh, we have our investors who we talk to and we, we tap into our advisor network a ton um, because of that. So I think you get a ton more, more out of the education side because you're kind of put, put in a position where you have a responsibility on your shoulders and, and to fulfill that and you want to fulfill that and you want to kind of prove yourself. So always having that kind of thing on my back where I want to prove myself is what helps me and pushes me to achieve more than I thought I could kind of coming into it. Nice, nice. Sounds very inspirational to be honest. And at <laughs> this point, I, I kind of feel like I need to ask more questions that are relevant to our founder listeners, but I'm really curious about how you raised uh, that fund while being a student. So <laughs> I'll ask that question anyways. So how did you manage to raise this $1 million being a student-led fund with such a unique structure, with such a unique approach? Yeah, so I would really attribute this to our, our two kind of co-founders, Lucas and Matt. Uh, they were really inspirational. Um, when I joined the fund my freshman year, we were halfway through the raise and just mm -hmm. learning from them and, and kind of how they founded it. So Atlin began um, as a, a group of students just passionate about the space, kind of working as a club. So we got plugged into our local angel network and we were reviewing deals for them and, and kind of giving them industry overviews and our perspective. 
and they really they really saw the value. So that kind of is what helped develop the thesis for our unique perspective as Gen as Gen Z is really important. Um, so so from there they reached out to the whole kind of entrepreneurship ecosystem within our university, within Minneapolis, and within the Midwest, and found some great advisors um, to help us set up the fund structure. And then from there, uh, once we had our first kind of investor on board. Um, who, who really saw the passion behind this as an educational chance for students, a chance to network, and also a chance to possibly see some great returns. Um, and then we decided to make our first two investments in local Minnesota companies um, that were very, very successful at the time and still are very, very successful. Um, and kind of having that backing really helped to to raise for the future. So I would see I would see those guys on calls almost every day during class periods in the hallways of our uh, of our building, just uh, always always talking and making connections, and it really set us up for success. And from there, I mean, the fund's grown to to become kind of a Minnesota name, and it's really been spectacular to see see where we're where we come and where we're headed. Perfect, perfect response. So now again, back to the founders. <laughs> uh, you know, before you started, before you joined the Atlant Fund you were not really involved in the VC community, rather on the founder side, so on yeah. the uh, startup side, right? So when you joined the Adlan Fund, Adlan Ventures, my bad, uh, what was the most basically shocking revelation that you saw there? What was the thing that you did not expect VCs to do that turned out they were doing a lot? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because when I came into the fund, the video we play at, at like the, to, to recruit new analysts was it was a Shark Tank pitch Remember, I remember it specifically where we were pitching to Mark Cuban and he was grilling the, the founder with questions about kind of the <laughs> equity stake and just questions around the market and then ultimately didn't invest. And, and, and after they played the video, they said, this is what VC is. And I, I love Shark Tank and I was super passionate. So I was like, I, gotta, I, I have to try this out. Uh, and coming in, I, I, I didn't know what, what I thought VC was, but I thought it was kind of investing in any type of startup. But also like mm -hmm. lifestyle businesses or any type of business that I could think of that would need money. Um, but really, I think kind of revelation to me was just how unstructured kind of VC is in terms of like relationships. I thought like most VCs had kind of partnerships and, um, and it felt more independent uh, than I thought. So just kind of, I think the biggest thing was working together with other student run funds and building that kind of network of like-minded individuals and from there being able to share deals with uh, other firms and kind of that becoming a really important way for us to meet really interesting founders and uh, to really help with our, our network to like recruit and possibly work at other VCs as internships or in the future. So learning that was, was interesting, but also just, I loved talking to founders and, and meeting you meet some of the most incredible people just who are just so empowering in my everyday life. And like every single day when I get off a call with a founder, I like, I wish I would have started that type of business or that's so fascinating, like how they got <laughs> and hearing their story. So I think the emotional side behind VC, I, I really didn't understand. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of the passion that these people, when they come in and pitch to you have um, is really cool. And then also just learning more about like how the industry works and is structured uh, was kind of shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, most, most of our listeners are actually 18 to 35 years old. So I'd say like half of them are Gen Z's or I assume so. Uh, so 
what do you think is the major mistake that early stage young founders, specifically Gen Z founders, are making or you see them make? That's interesting. So I think some, some I guess, some early mistakes that we see um, would probably in, term, in terms of one, understanding valuation and kind of like when you should raise. Um, I think a lot of the, we have not invested that in a student-run founder. Uh, and mm. what we haven't seen is kind of students coming out of universities and understanding when's the right time to kind of engage an institutional investor. I would consider us as like a micro VC, but when when would we invest versus when would an angel invest and when would maybe it's it's time to do a competition or grant money? So I really, when, I, when I'm talking to that that group and, and demographic, it's kind of understanding like, what what kind of goes behind getting these VCs involved and and kind of what are their kind of visions for the company and whether it's a lifestyle business or a high growth potential business or maybe it's just not the right time to to go out for external funding um, and kind of making sure they're prepared and kind of understand the process is what what I've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. Perfect, perfect response. Perfect advice there as well. So on this optimistic, I think, note, we're moving on to the last question of today's episode, which is a call to action. So Hunter, what do you want the listener to do as soon as the episode is over? Totally. So I guess I was trying to think about this one a little bit. And I think there's there's two different things. If you're, if you're a VC, uh, someone involved in VC or a student passionate about the space, uh, really just talking to, to our fund and, and we'd love to share any more uh, interesting deal flow or, or kind of how we're structured or anything with diligence um, and see how we could fit in kind of their ecosystem or our ecosystem together, um, both student run funds or any VC looking kind of for our perspective. I think that's one big, of our biggest things is, is being able to share Gen Z trends and kind of put out our own perspectives on different industries or thoughts. So that's one thing we'd be happy to. And then the other for entrepreneurs, um, any, any founder, both Gen Z or someone helping with a company solving problems felt by our generation, we love to see your pitch deck um, or meet and, and kind of learn more about your company. You can email us at atlanventures at gmail.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or any one of those methods or our website at atlanventures.com. So. Perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure to leave links to Atlan Ventures in the description Perfect. of this Thank episode you. and also a link to your LinkedIn there as well. And also I'll leave a link to the Slack channel called... Gen Z VCs, I believe. So if yeah. you're a young investor, that's definitely a place for you to go. I think that's actually exactly where I met Hunter. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's exactly where I met him. <laughs> so it's a useful place. You can make really cool connections there. If you're trying to break into VC, that's definitely a place for you. So yeah, if you're young, if you have something that you think is solving problems for young people, check out the description of this episode. It's for you. And... For everyone else, have a good day.